Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. So, today's message that I get to share with you, at least half of it, the title is, He's not finished yet. He's not finished yet. Why would we say that? Um, sometimes, as you know, we're, we're in the midst of moving from here at Jefferson, which has been a, a total blessing, a total blessing to us. We've, we've seen so many people come through here. We've experienced this crazy pandemic. We've seen new people come back after afterwards right in this uh starting from last summer to this this time now like a year ago now right almost and it's been amazing to see the people that whose lives have been touched right in philippians 1 6 it says i thank god for you christians at philippi whenever i think of you my constant prayers for you are a real joy, for they bring back to my mind how we have worked together, worked together for the gospel from the earliest days from six years ago until now. I feel sure that the one who has begun a good work in you will go on develop, developing it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is not finished yet. As a matter of fact, he's just getting started. He's just getting started in my life, in your life, in the lives of those that you have influence on. And you do have influence. People are watching us. People are watching us to see if we're really Christian. Are we really believing this book? Are we really believing this God that is saying that he has a promise for us, that he, he is able to do these things? It seemingly impossible things in our lives? And the answer is yes. He is. He is able to do this. I, <laughs> let me share this with you. I showed up here, not physically here at this facility, but at the facility we first had over on Foothill Boulevard next to a BevMo, <laughs> next to BevMo of all places, that was uh, a fencing studio. It was just a big open space where kids learned how to fence, right? Who does that now? I don't know. But apparently there's a market for that. There's some kind of a need for that. So we're there, we're doing this thing, right? And the first day I showed up, look, look what God does. This opportunity that God presented to me just kind of nonchalantly. So life is good. I'm attending this church, not this church, this, my former church. And I'm just like, <laughs> life is happening. It's all good. And my brother Joey comes to me and he says, hey, uh, I got this gig. It's not too big. It's, as a matter of fact, um, I can't do it. I'm busy. I don't have anybody else to show up. What do you say? You want, you want to take care of it for me? Can you handle it? I'm like, 
Why not? I'm, I'm not busy. I can do it. It's a small board, a couple of speakers, run some cable, no problem. Right? So I said yes. And because of that, right, because of that small thing, because of that saying yes, look at what God did. Look at what God did six years later. I had no clue as to what was going to happen. I was just saying yes because I didn't have anything else to do. And I thought, yeah, I'll take care of it. But God took that and he imparted it to me as he's trying to impart something to you. Whatever it is that you are going through right now, whatever it is that's happening in your lives, don't think that the creator of the universe isn't making it significant for you. You might not even know it. You might not have a clue as to what is God doing in my life. Is he doing anything in my life? Let me tell you, he is. He is doing something in your life if you let him. If you allow yourself to be available. Notice how he said that. If you allow yourself to be available. Because he's not going to force you to do anything. He gives us choices. We are able to choose. Catch that. We're able to choose whether we say yes, whether we say no. Whether we say, I'm going to go this way or I'm going to go this way. Obviously, he gives you a little nudge, maybe. Maybe he kind of gives you one of these, and that's okay. Because really, his plan is the best plan. His plan gets you to that victory side of your individual life. And your individual life isn't just about you. It's about those around you, those that you influence, those that are watching you, those that love you, those that you need to be there for. God provides. He does provide. Let me get to my first point. Oh, one, one more thing I want to tell you that this, this uh, situation in our lives right now and in the life of the calling church, it's just a move. God has blessed us with this place and we're going 2.8 miles, I know because Google told me, 2.8 miles southeast of here to a much larger facility. Who here likes to move? Who here enjoys moving? Not me. I moved a house twice. I hate it. But you know what? In the midst of all that mess, in the midst of all that madness and the, the anger and the frustration and the anxiety, afterwards, afterwards, when you're, maybe you're still sweaty and you're still dirty and you're able to sit down and you say, okay, nothing is in the right place. I am in my new home. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for providing this place for me. 
Thank you, God, for giving me the help that I needed to be able to get all my stuff from over there to over here. He provides these things for you. He provides everything that you need. Maybe not on your timing, but on his timing. And let me let, let, me let you in on a little secret. His timing is perfect. And at the moment, it might not seem perfect for you, but it will be. And you will see that later. You will see that in hindsight. Let me get to my first point. My, point, my first point is God's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to leave you hanging. He says in Deuteronomy 31 and 6, he says, Be strong and courageous and firm. Fear not, nor be in terror before them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.6 in the Amplified. Now, the thing about that is that um, Moses is ready to depart. He literally tells, let me go there. He literally tells his, his partner, there it is, NIV, thank you. He says, he says to the people, then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. This is uh, Deuteronomy 31, starting at verse 1. I am now 120 years old. I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord, your God himself, will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said, and the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, you might have times in your life when you might say, it, doesn't, it does not feel like God is with me. I do not feel like that. My anxiety is way up here. I'm terrified. I don't see the provision yet. I'm just, oh, oh, God, what are you going to do? How are you going to do this? I don't see it. Relax. Relax. I know that's easy to say now. Before I came up here, I was like this. Ah! I was shaking, literally. And I'm like, wow, what's up with that? I don't know. And then the anointing hits. I'm kidding. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit says, shh, I got this. Make yourself available. Make yourself available because God is going to do what he does in your life no matter what. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to leave you hanging. Quickly now, point two. God 
provides you with everything that you need. So all that anxiety, all that stuff, all that, oh, I don't know what. He provides you with everything you need. In Philippians 2 and 13, it says, For God is the one working in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Catch that. I love this verse. God is working in you to will, to give you the ability to, to go, mm, yeah, I think I want to do this. And to do. He provides the way to do it. He gives you the ability to do it. So he gives you the idea. He gives you the notion. He gives you the wherewithal. And then he provides what you need for that moment. Stand on that. This move, it's a little anxious. But you know what? Oh my gosh. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing to see three, four, five times the amount of people in that sanctuary. And just that, just this the amount of people, it's not about that. It's about how God changes lives. It's not about filling up the church. It's about the influence of God in your life. Let him influence you. Let him lead you. Let him be the one because this church exists to inspire people to become devoted followers of Jesus. Why? Because if you do this without Jesus, it's nothing. But when Jesus does it in you and through you, oh, get ready. Get ready for what he's going to do to in, empower you, to revitalize your life, to get you to a place that you could never think or imagine. It is beyond your ability, and he's going to provide that for you. Amen? Amen? All right. Let me do the Lucha Libre tag and tag, brother. You're it. <laughs> hey, give Pastor Martin a clap. He's so amazing. Hey, um, <clears throat> so Pastor Martin and I are going to tag team because uh, when you have a baby, um, you kind of don't function right for the first few weeks, right? My little son is like a vampire, I say, because he's up all night and he sleeps in the day, all right? And uh, you'll get that later when someone becomes a parent. <laughs> Martin, I just want to say for a second, I love you. I love the Jesus in you and I love the man that you are. I tried to get him preached with the ponytail unhinged. He wouldn't do it, all right? I'm still, after six years, I've still not gotten the ponytail unhinged. I'm, I'm resolute that I will be able to get it unhinged one day. You'll, you'll look more like Jesus, like a Mexican Jesus, all right? So... Uh, Thank you, Martin. Martin and I are tag-teaming this message today, and I want to continue off of what he's saying today. Give him one more clap. He's amazing. Love him so much. This man is an anointed man, a gifted man, and honestly, quite frankly, sir, uh, I, I honor you for sticking with me, a person half your age for six years dealing with me, and uh, I appreciate you so much because often I don't think we realize that sometimes people, God, what God not sometimes does, often does is puts people in your life to get you where he wants you to go. Come on, somebody. That's why you need to look around in the church because sometimes God does put people in your life to help you carry on. Come on, someone. Someone out there, say amen. All right, so I want to continue 
uh, part part two of the message. Uh, he's not finished. Say, he's not finished. He's not finished. I want you to loosen up for a second, and I want you to say this with me. Say, God's not done. God's not done. Come on, say it with me. God's not done. God's not done. Say it like you mean it. God's not done. God's not done with me. God's not done with me. God's not done with you. Let me tell you, God is not even done with this world. As sick and as cruel and as tough as the world might be, watch this. God is not even done with the world. God's not done with the world. God's not done with you. God's not done with the, with your wife. God is not done. Uh, maybe also too, maybe you might be done with you. All right. Maybe your wife is done with you. Maybe your husband is done with you. Maybe your employer is done with you. Maybe your dog is done with you. But God is not done with you. Come on, I want you to get that in your spirit. Say it with me one more time. God is not done. Sometimes you got to talk to the devil and let him know my God is not done with me yet. All right. He's not done. He's not finished. And uh, 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 part of my prayer for this message during the week God gave me this scripture in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 to give to you and to give to us today. Because like Pastor Martin said, God is just getting started with this church. Like a car, God is just revving up the engine. Six years, oh, here we come, baby. Let's go, all right? Philippians chapter 1, I, said, I think I said that word. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, it says this, I thank uh, God for you. What, By the way, what scholars believe that this is one of the most beautiful uh, books of the whole entire Bible. This book is a prison epistle, but let me read the first, uh, uh, first the scripture. It says, I thank God for you, Christians at Philippi. Whenever I think of you, say whenever, whenever I think of you, my constant prayers for you are real joy. In fact, the theme of this scripture, of this book, is actually joy. I believe 19 times in four chapters talks about joy, joy, joy. Got the joy of the Lord in my, in my soul. Come on. And I think it's a song, old hymn, all right? Got the joy, joy, joy. In, anyway, all right? For they bring back to my mind how we, say we, how we have worked together. Uh, if, uh, I remember taking ecclesiology class in school. We, it doesn't take a, 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 a theologian to understand that church is not made up of eyes. It's made up of we's, all right? We have worked together for the gospel from the earliest days until now. I feel sure that, say sure, I feel sure that the one who has begun his good work in you will go on developing it until the day of Christ Jesus. Basically, the day of Christ Jesus, Jesus means the fulfillment of all things. When God comes back to judge the world, he'd, he'd raptured his church. He's still going to work on us until the very last day. I love the way the voice says it. I am confident, say confident. I am confident that the creator who has begun such a great work among you will not stop in mid-design. Say mid-design. I don't know about you, but sometimes in my humanity, when I go to Ikea and I want to kick the the box and forget the instructions sometimes I stop mid-design because I get tired of it all right I get frustrated I don't understand it all right maybe sometimes uh, I, I watched a movie called Dune and for about an hour and a half I was like I still don't know what the movie is about I'm gonna just forget this thing all right or or, or sometimes when I'm maybe eating a plate of food that I'm like 
I don't know, all right? Well, let me tell you something about Jesus Christ. God never stops mid-design in your life. He continues forth what he began inside of you. Let me tell you, the seed that he deposited on the inside of you, he will continue to make it grow. Say grow. Mid-design. Watch this calling church. He's only going to continue to do forth great work on what he has begun six years ago. In fact, the next move we're making is our third location, and it is amazing. You know, just to kind of share a private thing, and I guess not so private, but I was honestly very uncomfortable with uh, this move because, for one, I was having a baby, and that's all I wanted to focus on. Focus on, and on the other note, I was very comfortable here, to be honest with you. And Karina and I have worked very hard through COVID-19, and honestly, we're really tired. Uh, we launched a production ministry. Hello, everyone on YouTube. We love you, all right? It, it took a lot of work to get you there, all right? Uh, it, it just was, a, it was very hard. All right, and the next thing, it was just sometimes, how many of you know in life, in your, in, in just in life you get clobbered with one punch, one punch, all right, but I, part of my message here, I want you to see it from a different perspective, all right, because not every trial is from the devil. Come on, somebody. Sometimes God want, puts tough things in your life to shape your character and to develop your faith. Oh, come on, somebody. Your faith will never grow if God don't even challenge you. Come on, somebody. Sometimes God will put some weights in your life so you have the audacity and courage to lift up that weight and exercise your faith and put the devil back in his place. Come on, somebody. Somebody say amen. All right. Look what the scripture keeps saying. Mid-design, but will keep perfecting you until the day of Jesus, the anointed, our liberating king returns. Oh, by the way, what I meant to say is that uh, uh, we, the district, we've partnered with such an amazing school district that we love with the superintendent, with the director of facilities, and we honestly didn't have a place to go uh, because of certain, you know, legalities. They, people are moving in, so they, you know, you got to move out, calling church. And I said, God, I cried out to God, God, you can't, what, what? where are we going to go? And I had to hunker down in my faith and pray and pray. And, and the, the district came back to me and they said, would you like this facility? And I said, I can't promise anything, but I'll take a look. And they said, it's pretty big. It's not the Emerald City, but you can have it. And I said, I'll take a look. And I said, well, you know what? Will you charge me the same rent from Jefferson to Wilson? They said, absolutely. And I said, I'll take it. All right. <laughs> God is so good and faithful. Let me tell you, I have seen miracles in this church. I have seen families restored in this church. I have seen individuals, this is not a lie, I've seen individuals walk to this church because that very morning they were going to commit suicide and something deep down and said, I've seen your church and God told me to come to you and talk to you and they stopped going through with suicide. Come on somebody, I've seen two people that we prayed for before. We've prayed, we've prayed for him for, from ovarian cancer and uh, that has been gone and that person has been healed. A 23-year-old ovarian cancer prayed for her cancer, gone. We've prayed for an older lady who's had cancer three times healed in the name of Jesus. We've seen God move and let me tell you, we believe in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ cru- crucified because he is the hope of the world and God is not done with this world. Come on, somebody. Come on, you can give the Lord a clap. Do you believe that? But watch this. How does God work in, in, the, church, in the world? You know, a lot of, I, I love the Bible, and I hope you come to this church, of course, because of Jesus, but because we believe in the word of God and are unashamed of the word of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, a lot of people share this in Christian circles, but they don't understand it. 
It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, uh, uh, now to him who is doing exceedingly abundantly all that we think, ask, or imagine. That's what they quote, and they stop there. But the verse continues, watch this, because of his power that is at work within us. Say within us, his power. This power is supernatural, dynamite, uh, grave-raising power. Come on, somebody. Dead, back to life again, power. Because of his power that is at work within us. Now watch this. It now goes on to say this. Now glory to him in the world. No. It says now glory to him within the church and throughout every generation. Now, huh. Why doesn't the scripture say within the world? Now glory to him in the world. Watch this. Because the world, he's not, he loves the world and he hopes that the world will change. That's what, what the scripture means precisely this. It's because the church is the agency that helps save the world through Jesus Christ. And it's when we give him glory that the world changes. Come on, somebody. And the, the watch this. God works in the church when he works in your heart and he works in my heart. Why? Because we, the people, make up the body of the church, the saved people of Jesus Christ. We are the bride of Jesus. And let me tell you, God is just getting the engine. Brum, brum. That's my best, all right? Brum, all right? Harley Davidson, I don't know. That's the best I got. But he's just revving up the engines. God's not done yet. Where are you today in your faith and in your walk? Where are you in your life today? Maybe your marriage is on the brink. Honestly, maybe your self-esteem is on the brink. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you feel like, stop, you just want to throw in the towel in life. All right. But you know what we often do in our humanity, in our nature, all right? <clears throat> what we do often is we often judge the complete story by just a chapter in the book. You see what I'm, have you ever seen one of those, those painters? I've seen this one time. This guy was, this was a painter. He had this big old canvas, like four or five feet. And he had this paintbrush. And he just like, he was like dancing to music and painting. He, I'm not going to do that. But he was just like, you know, and throwing paint on it, like the canvas, like, and I'm like, bro, I don't know what you're painting. Like, what is that? You can't make it out. It's like, and through midway and like 30 minutes later, you still can't make it out. And all of a sudden at the end, he, he grabs the canvas and he throws it up, turns it upside down. And, oh my God, that's Kobe Bryant. How did you do that? You don't know, any of you know what I'm talking about? Like there, you guys get out a little bit. I'm just kidding, all right? He's painting, he's like dancing to this music, and he's like, it's like, man, I don't, I don't get it, man, I don't get it at all. But then he throws it up, and it's like, dude, that's like freak. I can't say that's true. <laughs> I'm progress. All right, he said, that's, that's Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God, how did you do that? You did that backwards. Sometimes in our faith, in our life, God works that way. He works that way. And let me tell you, watch this. You have to trust him, like Pastor Martin said. You have to trust him. That even in the most difficult chapters of your story, that he's still working and he's got a plan for you, your family, and your children, and your faith. Come on, somebody. This is precisely why Romans chapter 8, verse 30 says this. Whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also... God's got it all mapped out for your life. Even before the very foundations of the world, he chose you and knew you by name. Wow, that's why the scripture goes on to say, if God is for us, devil, who dare can bring a charge against us? Who are you, the world, to bring an accusation against me because I'm in Jesus Christ? Because God is working within me, his great power. So sometimes what we do in our life is we judge, we judge a full story just by a chapter. 
You know, you might be tired with, of you. Your parents might be tired of you. But watch this. God is not done with you. Watch this. God, if your life was a car, God doesn't want to simply take you through a 1099 drive through car wash. Hear me? He wants to get, the Holy Spirit wants to get under the hood, check your, 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 your fluid. He wants to check, check your transmission, check your, your brake fluid. He wants to change the oil. The, the scripture here says uh, that he wants, he works in you. God is a hard worker. Let me read it again. It says this, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, not in you, inside of you. Watch this. Because God, the way he works is in the deepest parts of your life and your heart. He knows you better than you know you. He knows your hurts, your habits, your proclivities, your issues. God wants to work inside of you because who you are in the inside is what matters most, baby. Come on, somebody. Man looks on the outward, but God looks at the heart, and God weighs the heart. Come on, someone out there today, all right? God weighs the heart. If your life was a car, he don't want to take you through a 1099, uh, you know, I don't know, shampoo plus drive through He wants to get through under, under the hood, all right? I do that all the time, by the way. That's why I use that reference, okay? <laughs> by my house on Santa Anita, all right? He loves you so much. He loves you so much. He wants to get under the hood. And watch this. What good is it for, to have a car that, does, that looks good but doesn't even function? God has called you, every single one of you in this place before time began because he's working in you at this very moment as I speak to you because he doesn't want you to live out of your dysfunction. It is possible to live with function in your life. It is possible to have functional faith in a world that is painful and doesn't make sense. Come on, someone say amen. All right. So watch this. In your life, I want you to tell the devil this. This is not the finished product. <laughs> this is not the finished product. This is not where I'm at in my life. I may have, <laughs> I may, and I'm just talking generally speaking, during the week you may have been in traffic and you may have not acted like a Christian. During the week you may have been in a scuffle with your wife. All right? And, and, and during the week you might have said some words about your employer behind their back. All right? But watch this. God's not done with you yet. Keep showing up. You know the dog that wins in the fight is the one that you feed the most. Oh, come on, somebody. The dog that wins in the fight is the one that you feed the most. Keep feeding your faith and doubting your doubts. Stop being skeptical, all right? Come to church. Join fellowship. Read your word. Talk to God in prayer. That dog will win in the fight, and that fight is called faith. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that faith is a fight? I don't know about you, but I've been following Jesus for about 15 years now, and I know that my faith is a fight because sometimes the devil fights and life fights and people fight, all right? And I know that I can fight good in my faith. Come on, someone out there, all right? So God is not done yet. I know it's hot. I'm so sorry, and I'm wearing a jacket. Hey, just a newsflash to you. I'm going to try to sell you something. The big, it's a bigger place. It's not as hot, all right? And I heard they might have AC, all right? heard they may have AC, all right? But <laughs> we love you, Jesus. <laughs> no, honest to God. Honest to God. And I, I want to share this with you. I just wanted to share a few thoughts with you because I, 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 um, I almost was not going to be here just because of my wife and you know, we just had our baby, and we're just so, he's just so amazing. He's, he's amazing. My wife is amazing. It's awesome. But I just want to share with you just a bit about my journey a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me if I get emotional. 
they say that the longest walk that you, in, in baseball, I used to play baseball for years, the longest walk a baseball player will ever take is from the batter's box. This is my impression right here. This is my batting stance right here. I was kidding. That's been a long time, all right? Sammy Sosa, how many know that? Okay, okay anyway. Uh, is the, the longest walk is from the batter's box to the dugout. You know why? Because sports and life is often in your mindset. When you strike out, you're going to go up to a bat again. But you cannot be thinking about your strikeout. This is a true story about Babe, the great Babe Bambino, the root Babe Ruth, all right? The Bronx Bombers, all right? He struck out th- three times in a game, and he was going up to his fourth at-bat. And um, he went up to this fourth at-bat, threw the pitch, someone threw the pitch, slam, he hit it, and went over the fence. And some of his teammates go, man, babe, how did you do that? You know, you, <laughs> you're, 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 you were one, basically one for four. How did you do that? How did you? He said, you know what? I just kept focusing on my next at-bat. I wasn't focused on all my strikeouts. Watch this. God wants you to focus on what's ahead of you. God wants you to know that this, the, the situation, the pocket you're in, in in your life, that's not the final product. That's not the complete story. It's just a chapter. And watch this. It's what we do in those chapters that makes a world of a difference in our life. Come on, somebody. That's why you need to keep on climbing. That's why you need to get back in the box, take another swing, hit it over the fence. Come on, somebody say amen. All right. The longest walk I've ever taken in my life, I've played baseball for 15 years, is not no longer the batter's box. You know, the longest walk I've ever taken was from the parking lot to this pulpit. Sunday after Sunday. I've had to believe that God is absolutely in the church, that he's moving. There are times where I felt rejected. There are times where people are like, that message was okay. That often happens. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. uh, there, there are times where people, you know, it, it can be difficult. There are times where... My faith is always challenged. But watch this. I'm amazed that what God will do with, your, with a person's life if they just follow through on what God said. Despite whatever you see in your life, go forward with what God had said in your faith to you. And watch this. Anything is possible for him or she that believes. Come on, somebody. If God said it, he will do it. If God saved me, I'm still on my way. If God saved me, he's not done with me. Come on, somebody. Say amen. So here's, here's I want to finish with this. Can, can, Joanne, if I can have someone up here today, or at the keys, or... Thank you. Have the courage to, today to see from the angle of God's completion in your life. You know, you're worthy of love. You are so worthy of love. I remember when I was uh, going to my former church and I was 21 years old, I, I did something pretty stupid. I wasn't terribly bad, but I remember I was upset with myself and I said, God, how come you're not done with me? Why, why, do, you, why do you love me? Why, why are you looking past these mistakes? I'm mad at me. And back then, God said, <laughs> you don't get it. You know why? Because you, you, don't, you don't have kids. I thought, wow. You know, a few, few weeks ago, we just had my second son, Caleb. Oh, man. When I got to get to hold him in my arms, and I just look at his face, even when he's crying, he brings such joy to my life. He brings joy. It's, he hasn't even done nothing. He's not done anything but cry and poop and eat. But he brings joy to my life. It's because of who he is. And it's because he belongs to me. When I hold my daughter, I just sometimes sob because I just see her grow. 
And I just, it's who she is. She's got my name on her. And I love her. No matter what she does to me, or no matter what she does on the playground, I will always love that little girl. I will always love that little boy more than words could ever say. Let me tell you, the love of the Father is so deep within your heart. He cares about you so very much. Come on, you got to get over what you've done, and you just got to surrender to the love of God. He's not done with you. Keep on going. Keep on moving. Keep on plowing ahead. Come on, somebody. He loves you. He lo- well, there's more grace in God than there is sin in, in you. It doesn't mean that you go on sinning. It means that you surrender to the grace of Christ Jesus. Because you know what? He loves you so very much. This is the work that we are called to do here, right? In East Pas- or Pasadena, California, and L.A. County. This is the work God is calling a generation to himself to not judge them or condemn them, but through Jesus Christ that they may be saved. Come on, somebody. This is the work that we're called to do, to not judge and condemn and not to sing kumbaya within our four walls, but we're here to be a light on a, a shining upon a hill. Come on, somebody. Difference makers in this in this community that we live, God changes the world through the church, and God works in the church by working inside of you today. Come on, someone and say amen. It says the person, watch, uh, there's some scriptures. Lord, uh, God will never abandon you. Psalms 138 verse 8 says this. The Lord will do all this for my sake. Your faithful one. And watch this. Remember David? David sinned horribly. He killed an innocent, faithful, God-loving person. He murdered him. But you know what was different about David? He repented and he had a transformed heart. He, he, he even messed up and God did not withhold his love from David. It says this, the Lord will do all this for my sake. Your faithful love lasts forever, Lord. Don't let go of what your hands have made. He's made you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 says this, God who got started in this spiritual Excuse me, God, you started in this spiritual adventure, shares with us the life of his son and our master Jesus. He will never give up on you. Never forget that. All right? It is often said that maturity is when we stop making excuses and start making changes. I believe spiritual maturity is when we can make the choice to allow God to make its change in our life. All right? Let me close with this. Do not judge the story by the current chapter in your life. May God turn your trial into triumph. May God turn your pain into purpose. May God turn your misery into a mission. May your scars tell stories of Christ. God got scars himself. May your life shine shine the light of God and the person of Jesus. God is not finished. Let him keep working on the inside of you today. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed? Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now in your presence in this hot afternoon. God, we thank you, Lord, first of all, for your faithfulness, for all of your provision in this church, God. God, we lift your name up, and you've drawn men and women to yourself God, we've seen near or around 1,000 salvations. God, we, through you and through this church, God, you've given to the community, to charities. God, you've give, we've given thousands upon thousands of dollars to make a difference for your name. And we just say thank you for the honor of being able to make a difference and to serve you. But Heavenly Father, I want to encourage the church. 
any person that's here, Lord, I pray for strengthening. I pray for revitalization. I pray for courage to keep on keeping on. I pray for the courage to be like Babe Ruth, Lord, to get back in the box and to take another swing and not allow the devil to discourage us from taking another swing. I pray that, Father, we would feed the dog of faith in our life, that we would, uh, we, we would feed our faith and doubt our doubts, that we would plow forward and plow ahead. And what we believe you've called us to do in, this, in, in a generation like this, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.